Good morning, people of God. And happy new year. It's so wonderful to be here together to usher in 2023, which doesn't seem possible because in my mind it's still 2019 and I have a one year old and not a four, almost four year old, but this is the reality I believe now. Uh, I just want to, uh, Welcome all that are joining us in person and uh, online this morning. We're so glad that you um, have chosen to be here with us as we hear God's word and um, take that into our souls for our day and our week. Uh, just to update you, you may have gotten the email or seen in the announcements, Pastor Dave has started his second six weeks of his three-month sabbatical. If you remember, he took six weeks in August and the beginning of September, came back for fall and Christmas, and is now taking the remaining six weeks of that sabbatical starting now. Uh, so we just pray for his spiritual growth and renewal as he takes this time of rest. Starting today and through the end of the week, we're partnering with Utica United Methodist to help them host a warming shelter for around 80 guests. We're asking for volunteers to come help for any of those nights to help feed, talk, or pray with the homeless, or to do side jobs wherever there's a need. If you're interested or able, please contact the church office or contact John Gayhart for more information. There is no worship tomorrow night, and we will resume with our Monday night worships on January 9th. Also, all of our Wednesday night programming, including classes for 4th through 8th graders and adult Bible study, will resume on January 11th. That's a week from Wednesday. The adults will be studying the book of Genesis. What a great way to kick off the beginning of a new year by diving into the beginning of the Bible. So come and join us for that. We sing that hymn with such gusto and boldness, and yet those words, Oh, come let us adore him. Such a beautiful, intimate deep heart work that we do as followers of Jesus. Can't sing that too many times. Please join me in our opening prayer. Eternal Father, you gave your incarnate Son the holy name of Jesus to be a sign of our salvation. Plant in every heart the love of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to be seated. This morning, we are joining with many of our sibling congregations across the Southeast Michigan Synod to hear a sermon preached by our bishop, Donald Chris. Uh, he prepared this in advance for us for this New Year's Day worship. I forgot to mention the opening announcements. It does not have any subtitling, and he is a soft-spoken man. So I did print up some copies of the sermon. They're on that table behind the last row of chairs. If it would help you to have the, the words of the sermon to read along with um, as he preaches, I encourage you to hop up and grab one of those copies. I know even for myself sometimes I need the extra visual. Uh, so we are joined by our Bishop Don Chris to hear the gospel proclamation this morning. Sorry, apologies for some audio distortion in today's message the first couple of minutes. The Gospel for the First Sunday in Christmas. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Now, after the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child and destroy him. 
And Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the Magi, and was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are hungry. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared suddenly in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel for those who were seeking the child of life dead. And Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when Joseph heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And, after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear ones in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, whose early life was filled with so much turmoil and distress. It is good to be here with you on this first day of the new year, good to celebrate together as members and friends of the Southeast Michigan Synod, and on behalf of an amazing Synod staff, I bring your greetings in this new year. It is my hope that your Christmas celebration was lovely, that your New Year's party was festive, and that the 12 months ahead of us will be filled with God's blessing for peace and joy, not just for us, but for all of God's children. So, on this first day of the new year, how are you doing, dear ones? There was so much that has been packed into our lives over the last week. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, with all their joy and stress, all the food and frenzy, the holiday gatherings and the family and friends, the vacation days that need to be planned and organized, or the days back to work already before you really got a chance to unwind. Do you know what I mean? And then last night, there were New Year's Eve parties, and perhaps there were gatherings with friends and maybe champagne, along with the hopes and the prayers that the year of our Lord's grace, 2023, would be an improvement over last year. The good Lord knows that the bar has not been set that high. And by now, a week after Christmas or so, you may have had to send stuff back, stuff that didn't fit or didn't work or you just didn't like. And if your house is like mine, most of the Christmas cookies have been eaten and most of the Christmas leftovers have been eaten as well, although it was lovely to have them while they lasted, wasn't it? And then there have been all the football games and all the end-of-year lists and all the resolutions that we made that we hope will make us better happier versions of ourselves, for a while at least. And that's a lot when you think about it, isn't it? Because it is not unreasonable to wish that things could slow down just a little bit. 
It's not unreasonable to wish that somebody could yell, Time out! To give each of us a moment to pull ourselves together, to decompress ourselves from the holiday stresses, and then to simply breathe, to inhale and to exhale. It could be a moment to give thanks. It could be a moment to take stock. It could be a moment to consider how we, how we will be challenged in the year ahead and the ways that we have been blessed to meet those challenges. Or it could be a moment to ask some version of that great Lutheran question, what does this mean? And it would be lovely to be able to take the time to do any of those things and to reflect again on the story that we heard last Christmas Eve the story that we know so well, the one with angels and shepherds and the astonishing birth of the promised child in the little town of Bethlehem. And I wish that moment and that reflection and the wonder of that story could belong to each of us for just a little while longer. I wish that each of us could re-enter the normal routines of our lives in the beginning of the new year in the same way that St. Luke describes the shepherds returning to their flocks that holy night, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. I wish that, dear ones, but most of us have learned by now that our days and the world are seldom arranged according to the way that we would pick if we were given a choice. Because having turned to St. Luke for the part of the Christmas story that we know and love best, this first Sunday after Christmas, we return to Matthew's story. And Matthew does not speak of angels or shepherds. He does not talk about wrapping the child in bands of cloth and laying him in a manger. Not at all. Matthew is the one who tells us about the Magi. The wise ones, the visitors from the east who came bearing gifts, following a star and searching for the one who was born king of the Jews. And Matthew is the one who tells us about Herod and about Herod's fear and rage and about his desperate desire to hold on to his throne and his power and tells us about his power over the lives and deaths of the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or younger at the time of Jesus' birth. It is hard, isn't it, dear ones, to hear that story so close to Christmas? It is hard to try to put all that we just celebrated, the joy and the hope and the promise of peace, it is hard to place all those things next to the grief and horror of what the church remembers as the slaughter of the innocents. But both are there, dear ones. And even though it may be impossible to reconcile the two, we must not forget that both things are a part of the story. Because just as we have known joy, we have also known grief. Just as we have clung to hope, we have also been lost in despair. Just as we have been surrounded by those we know and love best, there are times also when we have been profoundly and terribly alone. We know birth. We know death. 
In fact, and I know that you know this already, when we pause for just a moment and expand our focus beyond the events of this last week, we recognize that the Christmas story, both in Luke and now in Matthew, we recognize that the Christmas story is not for just one night, not for just one week, but is a story that speaks as deeply as we can understand about God's surpassing and relentless love for the world and for us, dear ones, for us as well. It is the Christmas story, either Luke or Matthew's, that speaks of God's determination to remove any barrier between us. And the way God's, God chose to accomplish that was to send a son to be born into the world, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. That's the central part of the Christmas story, and both Luke and Matthew are clear about it. That God's Son was born here, born like one of us, to parents who were like us, so that Christ would know and love and redeem us in all of our humanity. We are loved, we are known, we are saved. And that's the gospel for the day, dear ones that fulfilling the words of the prophets and with the choirs of the angels and the wonder of the shepherds and the hope of the magi, that's the gospel for the day. That unto us has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Merry Christmas, dear ones, and Happy New Year. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, born to be one of us, born to walk amongst us, born to live a life like us here on earth, a human life, a vulnerable life, a life that took in every part and every experience of what it means for us to be your children on earth. We praise you this day that even in the midst of all of the ways the world keeps turning and things somehow seem like they'll never change, Lord, you are the constant we can rely on, the constant of love, of grace, of acceptance, of peace. Fill our hearts today. Help us to start this new year knowing deeply within our soul that you are with us, that you are for us, and that we are never alone. We lift before you all of our hopes and dreams, all of our joys and sorrows from the year that has passed and all that is yet to come, and we lift them to you in your name, and we all say, Amen. With wonder and thanksgiving for Christ's coming into the world, we're praying for the church, the life of the earth, and the whole human family. At the end of each prayer, I'll say, God of grace, and please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Merciful God, broaden the church's hospitality and welcome. Open our hearts to any in need of refuge and help, especially those who are persecuted, overlooked, and oppressed. God of grace, hear our prayer. 
life-giving God, restore the health of the soil, the seas, and the air. Increase the joy and praise of all living things. In the coming year, strengthen local, national, and international efforts to prevent further harm to the environment. God of grace, hear our prayer. Liberating God, deliver your people from cruel oppression. Increase justice in every nation and keep the dream of freedom alive. In this new year, bring the blessings of peace and put an end to violent conflict throughout the world. Use us as your instruments of peace. God of grace, hear our prayer. Uplifting God, raise all who are brought low by trouble and need, especially those we now name either silently or out loud. Protect and nurture all children. Sustain those who parent, teach, and care for the young. God of grace, hear our prayer. Abiding God, accompany this community in the coming year. Increase our love for one another and the neighbors we serve. Enrich our worship and deepen our faith. Sustain our staff and pastors and all who minister in your name. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to stand as we move into our time of both confession and communion. We take time in confession to reflect on our week, today especially on our year, and to confess those times we failed to live as God would have us live. As we share this together, please repeat after me. God of life, we confess that we're wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for Jesus' sake, God forgives us all of our sin 
As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by Christ's authority alone, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people say, and also with you. Amen. Please be seated. This time we will share in communion together, so you can take out, if you're here with us, these prepackaged communion cups. If you're at home, you can bring out your bread, wine, or grape juice as we commune together across the internet this morning. In my first call to ministry in Richmond, I had a beloved member who couldn't get over the fact that we would have communion during the Christmas season. And we talked a lot about this together uh, as the years went on, and we saw it very differently. And she'd always say, Pastor, I just don't understand. I want to picture Jesus as the baby in the manger. I don't want to hear about the night in which he was betrayed. I get what you're saying. I would always tell her that. But as Martin Luther said, we can't see the wood of the manger without being reminded of the wood that made the cross. And what began on that Christmas was the journey toward redemption, love, healing, hope, and resurrection. And so it is maybe seemed out of place at times to be talking about the night in which he was betrayed, and yet we pull on that daily as that connection with God's work of redeeming in the world. And so in spite of the fact that it is still the Christmas season, we remember the night in which Jesus was betrayed When he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Finally, as we close our time together, a continued thankful for a thank you for all your prayerful giving to King of Kings throughout 2022 and for your commitment to continue to support us in 2023. Uh, as you leave, we do have places for offering to be uh, placed or online. You can give through our website. All your generosity adds up to make a greater impact in people's lives. And now receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.